Hello and welcome to the Ask Dr. Ben podcast. I'm your host, Ben Johnson. As a holistic-minded physician, I've spent the last 20 years looking outside the box and conducting research to find the true causes of skin conditions and other diseases. And while the focus of my work has been on aesthetic medicine and unlocking the secrets to reversing skin damage, this podcast will also include many other exciting revelations pertaining to you and your family's health and well-being. So let's get started. I thought I would start this first episode giving you a little bit of background on why I think this podcast is going to be beneficial to you, how I became so passionate about this particular set of beliefs, uh, philosophy, if you will, and uh, just a little bit more about what you can expect in uh, these podcasts coming in the near future. So let's first start with some info about yours truly. So I began uh, my career in medicine at Creighton University School of Medicine, graduated back in um, 1994. I went through residency at uh, the University of Colorado Health Sciences in a specialty known as physical medicine and rehabilitation. Long story short, um, my goal with that training was to be an expert in non-surgery sports medicine. I know, I know. You're like, what? what this, how does this apply to what this podcast is about? Well, simply put, uh, while I was in residency and I did uh, leave uh, a little over a year early to pursue a career in aesthetic medicine. So right out of the gate, while I was training in sports medicine, um, I found my calling towards aesthetic medicine and I opened up a laser clinic and then I opened up seven more laser clinics that also so offered, you know, injectables and peels and skincare and services, you know, a variety of services. So I became quite familiar with how lasers work and the pros and cons of lasers. And that is definitely something we will be talking about in the podcast. I also learned uh, the ins and outs of the skincare industry. And in fact, in my early days, started formulating skincare products. And I'm now the owner of a skincare company called Osmosis. In uh, years past, I had created a company called Cosmetics with a DIX at the end. Um, and so, uh, you know, I've had a, 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 you know, pretty, you know, a 20 year history in uh, formulating skincare products and even more exciting to me, actually, uh, I love my skincare products, but is the formulation of the wellness products that we offer at Osmosis. And we'll definitely be getting into those because they're very targeted for what's going on in society today. But in general, let me say, that I, I did begin in aesthetic medicine, but I would tell you that my passion is equally about addressing uh, a crisis that's happening in our country and around the world today, which is we are all uh, being poisoned uh, by the food that we eat and the air that we breathe and the water that we drink. And those details need to be known to you so that you can be empowered to do something about it. Uh, something that I've found to be a distressing trend in our society is complacency, a feeling of helplessness, a feeling of, uh, you know, because we're not getting the, the real answers that we need. Um, and so when um, our intuition, which I believe taps into uh, the greater knowing uh, of the universe, uh, that intuition allows us to know 
you know, the right decisions to make. And so when we don't have the right data, when we're operating off of misinformation, it's very easy to make mistakes. So my goal with this podcast in part is to bring what I believe is the truth about what's happening out there. And ideally, as I said in the intro, to help you and your families navigate through these times and not only look your best, but feel your best and literally become really healthy in the process. So that's, that's one of the main goals. Let's start by addressing, you know, what we can do to handle what is a, uh, a very toxic world. So first and foremost, how are we being poisoned? You may ask, <laughs> what exactly is it that is uh, challenging our system the most? And it's a really interesting question because I have found that there are certain toxins that are more significant and more harmful to the body than others. And those should be the focus of, uh, you know, where we address our remedies and our treatments. And I will say that as we dive deeper into these issues, you're also going to hear me always try to provide a solution um, to these challenges. Because I do think in just about every case, there are treatment choices. More often than not, they're going to be holistic that are going to be available to help you. And you may ask, well, Dr. Johnson, you, you say you're trained through a Western medicine channel. Why is your opinion so different than so many physicians that I encounter? Well, that answer comes from obviously a great deal of life experience. And I'll tell you one of the most meaningful life experiences that I had was when I was trying to help my dad, who was also a physician and more of a tried and true. He was a radiation oncologist. And he unfortunately contracted a condition known as Shy Drager, which is essentially a an aggressive form of Parkinson's that involves the decline of your autonomic nervous system. So you, you start to lose the ability to swallow, you lose the ability to control your blood pressure, you lose the ability, ability to ambulate. And then, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty uh, nasty disease, to be honest, uh, with a, a pretty severe decline. So uh, the reason I'm telling you about this story is because I began to explore the medical options for my dad, and this, uh, he passed away about uh, 20 years ago, but I began to explore the options for him. And in doing so, I was exposed to Eastern medical philosophies. I was exposed to energy medicine and obviously a holistic sort of supplement options uh, and just a whole variety of dietary strategies and, uh, you know, the whole gamut, as you might imagine. And unfortunately, what I've learned in the last decade, I did not know while he was sick and I was unable to prevent his disease from progressing and from him passing away from that disease. So that was really impactful for me. And, and it really opened up my mind to what I'll say is a little bit of a disappointing perspective on medical system in our country. Some of you may know the history of Western medicine, but it didn't always start with the medical school model that we have today. You know, a hundred years ago, uh, there were a variety of specialists, you know, whether in, in naturopathy, homeopathy, energy medicine, and, and really, let's just say, uh, less classified systems where people were holistically trying to help others. And over the last 
century, what we've done is we've essentially moved all those to uh, a category that I think most physicians would call fringe medicine. I don't call it that, but I think easily um, been identified at that as of late. And as a result of that, what happens is there's this peer pressure on physicians to not consider holistic options. You know, there's a peer pressure on physicians to cite the research evidence behind X or Y medication for a disease. And let me tell you where the system is broken. The system is broken because the holistic remedies are coming from well-intentioned and uh, oftentimes scientists and or um, inventors and entrepreneurs, but individuals who don't have the clout to be heard by anybody. They don't have the 10 to $250 million needed to get FDA approval for a product for a specific condition. And there's no method by which they can gain investment and or there's no government system, which there should be, that essentially is there for this type of inventor. You know, someone comes up with a new idea to treat something, there should be a government process where that is analyzed without judgment for efficacy. And then if there's some promise, it's pushed forward to a round where, in fact, the government funds research of that particular uh, modality or remedy, and then it can be analyzed and uh, properly funded and a whole host of brilliant ideas that are coming from physicians and um, uh, naturopaths and, and uh, you know, uh, you know I, I'm thinking of all the different wellness providers and the, the classes they fall into, but good ideas are coming up all the time. And unfortunately, uh, there, there's not a system in place that allows us to analyze them properly. So going back to what I was saying, the physician then is taught, well, you cannot rely on anything that doesn't have substantial evidence. Uh, and, you know, they'll, they might look at a trial of 50 people and go, I'm not even going to consider that trial. Even though the evidence is like jaw-droppingly precise, they won't consider that trial because it's not through the FDA, through the traditional pathways. It hasn't been published in a uh, prestigious journal. Well, I, I challenge that too. Right. Because uh, prestigious journals are not going to publish many, if any, outside the box, let's say, non-Western medicine ideas, or at least I've not seen any evidence of them publishing that sort of thing. And so you end up with a system that heavily favors the pharmaceutical companies, and it is going to be Really not valuable for all of, like I said, the inventors and entrepreneurs out there who have something that could be really effective, but they just don't have the means to get the attention that that remedy needs in order to be brought to market. So part of the problem is the broken system. And, you know, I know, I, you know, I, I don't currently practice, by the way, and I know that many of my practicing physicians who are seeing patients on a daily basis feel a lot of pressure from the insurance system, which uh, pushes them to want to schedule as many patients throughout the day as possible, which then minimizes the interaction between patient and physician. And I found that to be incredibly beneficial. 
Do you want to know who did it best and when we did it best? We did it best in, in the days of the general practitioner, the old country general practitioner who shows up to Bessie Lou's house and knows of the strife going on within the home because he, he knows the family and he knows that the emotions are probably what's triggering this latest bout of anxiety. And so he, he, may, he may be prescribing an herb uh, that is, uh, you know, less toxic than say Valium, uh, for her, or he may be counseling her through, uh, to help her so she doesn't need anything at all. Um, you know, that, that sort of model. And I get, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to do. And maybe with telemedicine, actually, um, you know, we can go back to an old system where we literally connect with our patients and we understand the depths of what's going on. But more importantly, that there's time to have a detailed conversation, to know really what's going on. And who knows what comes out of a system where we have, you know, a 30-minute conversation. You might actually find out that, oh, hey, there's something else going on there. You know, there's more details to the story or there's more physically going on uh, than you realized. So for me... Part of the reason why I've gone down this path is not only because I'm convinced that it is the proper medical path that will create the most resolution, because as I said in my intro, my goal here is to find the true causes of conditions, the epigenetic triggers, if you will, and we're going to get into epigenetics down the road, um, that, that cause the body to begin to do something you know, that we want it to stop doing. Uh, and you've got to go to the source of the problem, whereas in most cases, medications are designed to sort of be a Band-Aid on the surface of the problem, and they never address the actual problem. Uh, the other issue I generally take with medication is uh, they're almost always designed to interfere with how the body works properly in order to resolve a symptom, as opposed to, to being designed to address the problem itself. And if we think the problem is one thing, because let's say 80 or 90% of, of the world believes that, even though that may not be accurate, then of course, anything that we're taking to treat it is not targeted. It's not directed towards really resolving the issue. So I've been very excited over the last 20 years in chasing down the potential sources of disease, which like I've said, is uh, 99% of the time going to connect to a pathogen, a toxin, and an emotion behind it. So we're going to dive deep into all that as we go through in these sessions. I also want to speak a little bit uh, in this intro uh, podcast to the toxic world that we live in. So we face, uh, according to some research, a million toxins a day. And toxins come in a variety of forms. Like, well, first of all, let's just sort of define what is a toxin. So my definition of a toxin is a substance that actually damages your body, causes a physiologic 
change in your body that is a negative change. You are less healthy as a result of that being present in your system, or it's creating an inflammatory reaction, right? Um, and we're going to dive into inflammation too, because that's a fascinating subject. So something that triggers inflammation, something that trigger, triggers an epigenetic shift in your DNA for the worse, obviously, and or something that alters your thinking or some aspect of your physiology in a negative way. Okay, that's a toxin. So we face a million toxins a day, according to some research. And you can imagine how much of a challenge that presents to your body. And you can imagine that it's adapting on a minute by minute, second by second, really picosecond by picosecond basis. Like it's literally reading, you know, we think of when we go into the hospital and we, we stick our uh, finger in the oxygen monitor and we, we maybe we get EKG leads that tell us how our heart is beating. I want you to imagine that your body is so brilliant that every picosecond it is monitoring your hormone levels, your antioxidant levels, your inflammation levels, your toxicity levels. It is driving toxins to your liver for processing or to your fat cell when you're too sick to process it, or it's trying to flush it out of your kidney or run it through your bowels, right? I mean, all of these things are happening with these million toxins every day. And so it's incredible. It's miraculous. It's something that I hope uh, over the series of podcasts, if you, you hang in there with me and, and enjoy the ride, you're going to um, just uh, fall in love with yourself all over again, really. Um, and, and I don't just want you to do that from a perspective of falling in love with yourselves. I want you to love every aspect of you because one of the key parts of disharmony in your body is negative thinking. In fact, negative thinking from my evaluation of the evidence from around the world analysis of, of uh, medical systems and philosophies, uh, my belief is that in, the number one source of inflammation in your body is your negative thinking. And it is so hard. And I run into so many people who tell me, listen, I, I meditate a half hour a day. I practice self-love words of affirmation throughout the day, but it doesn't take but a moment to pull yourself away from that sense of, of unconditional love of yourself to, I don't know, looking at a wrinkle that you've decided is just not acceptable or uh, analyzing your the hair loss occurring or the weight gain. You notice, boy, I'm really not liking the pudge around my belly and I don't I don't look attractive and I'm feeling ugly. And and I'm just telling you those are sources of more inflammation. And and in part of my goal as a physician and a mentor for you is to tell you that you should really focus in on the emotional aspect of your day-to-day -day as much as you focus in on you know, what you're being exposed to and how to avoid it. So a million toxins a day, they're coming from pesticides, right? Okay, so we have the highest pesticide content of anywhere else in the world by a long shot, by the way. We uh, somehow have approved, and I'm going to tell you right now that my podcast, in my podcast anyway, I hope to inspire you to action. 
you know, I'm not a political activist, but I am not okay with what's going on. And I don't know how it's all going to shake down, but it's going to shake down because we can't put up with this anymore. We cannot allow ourselves to be poisoned anymore. And we have to speak up in order to make that happen. And sometimes I look at the dysfunctional politicians in Washington and I say, what, how, it doesn't matter how loud I speak. They're never going to listen. The system's broken. They all take money from the people that, that, that influence their decisions. And I, I want to give up. And I'm sure you get there sometimes too. And you're like, what's the point? There's, it's broken. But this is the point. It needs to change. And pesticides, okay? I want you to, to classify pesticides into a couple of categories. You should know that the vast most majority of pesticides are considered uh, carcinogens, meaning they are known to increase the potential for cancer in animals and I would argue clearly in humans because we're a, a guinea pig to it, right? Oh, let's try this new pesticide. Great. Okay, let's, let's see what happens to the population. Oh, a 12% increase in breast cancer rates. Well, that's an interesting outcome, right? And then you say, oh, Dr. Johnson, I don't know if they've perfectly aligned certain um, hormonal toxins, also called xenoestrogens, with breast cancer. Well, I've aligned it, and I'm here to tell you it's real. Now, you can do your own research and you can study the breast cancer population, let's say in a region like Napa, where they're getting massive exposure to pesticides, and it's up. It increases in those communities. In fact, I ask often, why are we not doing community analysis of cancer rates so that we can figure out what the triggers are? You may wonder, on a totally separate subject, why are autism rates rising at a rapid clip to the point where they're estimating that one out of every two boys born in 2050 will have autism. You shouldn't say, oh, that's just a new genetic thing. I don't know. Like, I guess we're changing. And no, it doesn't work that way, guys. If you're seeing rapid new increases in a condition like autism, then you immediately have to assume there is a trigger for autism. So at some point down the line, we'll be talking about autism because it's such a, a major uh, factor that'll be in here. But I don't want to dismiss how much we're also going to be talking about beauty. I know many of you listening, uh, that may be your main focus. But let me tell you, there is no separating beauty from being poisoned by toxins. You're going to hear exactly why those two are linked and what you need to do about it to live a long, happy, healthy, and well, I wanted to say beautiful life, but that sounds a little hokey. What I really want to say is, and you're going to look good for decades longer than you thought you would because you're treating your body right. So, you know, pesticides are one source of the poisons that are coming at us, but there's also toxins like food preservatives. So you say, oh, what's the big deal? Food preservatives that we need those. We don't want to have bugs growing in our food. Okay. All right. I'll subscribe to the idea that certain food preservatives should be allowed, but don't you think we should do a ton of research on how those food preservatives are affecting our microbiome. Because remember, food preservatives are essentially antibacterials and antifungals. How do those affect our 65 trillion bugs? How do those affect the microbiome specifically of the gut, which is a main focus in health today? We need to know. 
guess what? More xenoestrogens, more endocrine disruptors, more hormone poisons in your food, not just in the form of pesticides, but in the form of food preservatives. So we have hormone disruptors, we have carcinogens, we have microbiome annihilators in just the pesticide and food preservative side of things alone. Then you could throw in plasticides. We should talk about what uh, that they're putting bleach in our water. You know what I'm tired of saying? I'm tired of saying that people are putting chlorine in our water. Okay, that ain't, that ain't what it's called. All right, yes, chlorine is a part of bleach. But when they're putting chlorine-related products into our water, it's essentially bleach. It's a chlorine and an oxygen combined. There's different forms. You know, hypochlorite comes to mind. There's several different forms of bleach. They're bleaching everything. They bleach your flour. They bleach your rice. They bleach your sugar. They bleach your water. They bleach your chicken. I mean, what the heck is going on? Did you know that bleach is one of the nastiest poisons on the planet? And that has become a mainstay in our diet indirectly because of these additives. So this is the kind of stuff we need to find solutions for. And this is uh, one of the plans uh, for this podcast is to help teach you about that. Um, so I, I'm going to jump subjects here. I just want to keep you going to, as we finish up this first podcast, to let you know what's coming. Um, but the next thing I want to talk to you about and, and part of what these podcasts are going to be about is the human body. How does the human body respond to these toxins? Uh, how does it shift? How does it affect your fertility? How does it affect your menstrual cycle? How does it affect your mood? We need to know this. We need to know the, the answers to how to solve this problem. Just as important is how does this affect your skin? What, what do these toxins do to cause specific skin conditions? How do they speed aging? Do you know uh, some of the main subject matters? If you were to look up uh, probably, and I haven't done this research, but podcasts on beauty across the country and around the world, they would tell you things that I completely disagree with. So let me give you some examples. You should never exfoliate. You should maybe, if you want to exfoliate once a month, that would be about the most I would ever recommend you exfoliating your skin. You should never use oxygen on your face because it's a free radical generator and it is not beneficial uh, from the surface down. You should never use retinoic acid ever, ever again. We're going to get into the details of this in, in upcoming podcasts. You should avoid chemical peels and laser treatments like the plague. They are pro-aging. They age you faster. And I know your question is, but wait, but doesn't my skin get tighter after that laser procedure? Yes. Swelling and inflammation do a lot. Other tidbits you're going to find fascinating is inflammation is not what you think it is. Inflammation is repair. Uh, the the, the Western medical community has... Uh, focused a target on inflammation as the source of disease, as the source of aging, as the source of decline. And what I want to teach you is no, no. Inflammation is repair in process. I'm going to give you the perfect example. If you sprain your knee, that's another way of saying you tore part of your ligaments in your knee, okay? Your knee swells up like a softball. It gets really hot and it, it may even get a little bit dark if blood is in there as well. And you're like, oh, wow, that's an inflamed knee. I need to ice it. I need, I need to do everything I can to bring it back down to normal size. Eh, 
That is actually the wrong answer. You see, your knee swelled to that size because it wanted to bring in all the repair cells and, and, and uh, cytokines and proteins to go after and heal your knee as fast as it possibly can. So when we ice that knee down, we are not slowing inflammation. We are slowing repair. So yes, I'm going to challenge the very core matrix of how you understand how the body works. And I'm excited to get into those details. We're going to talk about, like I said, gene activation and what triggers gene activation. And the fact that if someone tells you you have an autoimmune disease, it's an epigenetic activation of certain cell functions in your body, right? You, you may say, oh, my joints swell. These are epigenetic events. In other words, your DNA is being triggered by pathogens, toxins, or emotions into that. It is not a permanent lifetime problem. We're going to dive into that in certain episodes. So I'm not sure I've clearly emphasized to you that we are going to dive deeply into skincare ingredients and wellness products related to beauty. We're going to dive into what aesthetic treatments actually work and, you know, what, what, is the, what are the pros and cons of Botox. And so, I mean, I have so much to share with you. I've learned so much over the last 20 years. And I think where you're going to find me unique to a lot of the physicians you listen to is when I start chasing down something, when I start expanding my uh, scope to include all the possibilities to include all the modalities, all the Eastern and, and alternative choices that are being used to treat conditions. And I can just bring it all together and, and, and try to make it as clear for you as I possibly can. I think you're going to love it. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing this with you. And I look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. Thanks again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ask Dr. Ben. Please leave a review if you can and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts to get access to all of my upcoming episodes. My website is osmosisbeauty.com and you can find me on Facebook at osmosisbeauty. You can also follow me on Instagram at osmosis underscore beauty. Thanks for listening.